Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, I'm Peter Jones, Chartered Surveyor, Author, and Property Investor, and this is the Progressive Property Podcast. Now we're doing something a little bit different today, a little bit of an unusual episode for you because my colleague, Den Hedges, had the great privilege of interviewing Simon Church. Now if you don't know Simon, Simon is an ex-professional footballer. From memory, he actually played for Wales, so he's an international footballer, and he is now involved in property. So Den was picking his brains, finding out all about Simon, his journey, and what he's doing in property. So Den, over to you. Okay, Den here, and today I'm with Simon Church. Um, Simon is part of our community now, but you might recognise him. Uh, do you want to tell them how they might recognise you, Simon? Um, I had a good stint as a professional footballer. Um, managed to play in the uh, European Championships with Wales, and yeah, unfortunately, uh, I had to retire this season. Oh, bless you. So how, how many games did you play for Wales? I played 38 times for Wales, so mm-hmm. I was very lucky and obviously, as, as I mentioned, got to play in the European Championships. Brilliant. It was uh, an incredible, uh, incredible experience. And dare I ask how far you got? Well, you got to the semi-finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. I don't watch it that much. Yeah, <laughs> no. No, it was incredible and, and for me, I, I, I came on, I played, must have played about half an hour, but mm. we lost to Portugal and uh, they, they uh, turned out to be the winners, so oh. it wasn't too bad. Can't be too bad. No. So let's just go back to your, obviously, your professional career. Uh, do you want to talk us through the clubs you paid for from where you started? Yeah, I started at, uh, at Reading. I came through the academy and signed a scholarship at uh, uh, 16 years old. Made my first team debut at 18. Excellent. Um, played for Reading for a number of years. We won the championship, got promoted to, to the Premier League. Um, after that, I left, went to Charlton. Um, didn't manage to stay at a club for more than six months after that. Um, I was uh, I played for Milton Keynes Dons in the Championship, then I moved abroad, uh, had my injury, and then tried to mm. come back in League One with Plymouth and, and Scunthorpe, and my body said no, basically. Yeah, it happens to the best of us, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go back to your childhood. When was it you decided this was what you wanted to be? You know, you, you decided in your mind that you were going to be a footballer and how far did you push yourself? I think I always dreamt of it. Mm. It was something that was, you know, from the age of six, I went to the local team, picked it up from there and it's something I fell in love with and um, literally fell in love with as a child. Mm. Posters, playing football every day. Um, idolised the, the players. Man yeah. United was my team at the time and idolised people like Eric Cantona, Ryan Giggs, these kind of players. And, um, it's something I always dreamt of doing. Uh, so I always had that focus from an early age. Um, you know, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And you actually played in the Premiership, didn't you? Uh, yeah, well, we flirted with the Premier League. We, we, <laughs> we got a... Uh, I came in as a as a professional at mm. 18. We were a Premier League club. Excellent. Uh, had some experience with that, and then we got relegated. And when I was 20 years old, at uh, 21 actually, we uh, um, had lots of experiences in the in the playoffs. Got yeah. really close, lost in the playoff final to get to the Premier League, and then the following season we we won the league and got promoted to the Premier League, which was uh, yes. amazing. Yeah, great news, great news. So as a child, did you sort of go through playing, you know, playing for your school and then playing for local clubs? 
And did, did you always say that I am going to be a footballer? There was nothing else on the radar, no other plans as a backup plan at all when you were a child? Yeah, it was literally that. Any any chance I could play football while I was playing, I, I even joined, I can remember, the, joined the local Cubs just because <laughs> they had a football team on a Saturday yeah. so I could play, play Saturday. But it was always instilled in my, my parents were very kind of, you know, let me do what I wanted to do. It got to the stage where I was about 14, 15, where I realised, you know, I've got, uh, this is it, mm. it's make or break for me. Um, I was missing uh, class, mm. um, lessons in school to go off and train three times a week. We're very dedicated to it, but again, I always said, I didn't want to do anything else. This is what mm. I, I dreamed of doing. I worked hard. Uh, I was dedicated from a young age, didn't go out, didn't drink, didn't mm. do all these kind of things, um, slept at the right times. And you know what, it's, it, it paid off and we were quite instilled from a young age. We're quite lucky we had the, a really good academy. Um, and we were kind of, it was regimental, but yeah. we were in, it was instilled in our kind of mindset that, you know, you have to do this to be a professional footballer. Mm. So any sort of youngsters watching now who think, oh yeah, I want to be a professional footballer, they've got to realise the commitment they got to put in? 100%. I yeah. mean, this commitment, you can enjoy it. And a talent can only get you so far. I'd say between the ages of 14, 15, 16 are, are vital times where you need to realise which way you're going to go. Yeah. Uh, 14, 15, 16, obviously, girls and going out. And these kind of <laughs> things, um, these kind of things, you know, pop up and, and kind of lead you away from football. I think when you get into the professional side and you're at a professional club, you to go any further in your career, you have to be, you know, one-minded. Mm. This is this is what I want to do. Um, all your friends will go out and say, "Come out, come and drink, come and take this, yeah. go and do that." And uh, I have lost a lot of friends on the way, and it's part and parcel of, of being uh, being a footballer. Yeah, so it's all about mindset. Yeah, you, know, you can have the talent, <clears throat> and you can have the drive and the ability, but if you haven't got the mindset, you know, you're not going to make it, are you? Really? No, and. Uh, that's it. I think for people don't realise kind of the dedication you yeah. put in, the mindset you have to have. You, you always get told when you make it professionally. Yeah. You know, you're told what to eat. You're told when to eat. You're told when to sleep, when to drink, when to train. Everything. So it's quite regimented. But at the same time, at 20, 21, if you if you feel like you've made it. You can go off the rails, you think it's easy. As soon as you take your foot off the gas, it's, you yeah. slowly fall down the league, start, start losing your place. It's so easy, it's so ruthless. Yeah, because I was going to ask you about that, because obviously being at the age of 20, 21, you're now a professional footballer, you know, you obviously get a decent income. How, you know, how hard is it to stay on track, you know, not be influenced by the outside world and everything's being thrown at you? I'm not going to sit here and say oh, <laughs> that was that was that was the way I did it. I yeah. think you know, looking back now, if I could give myself advice uh, as a 20 year old, I'd say, "What are you doing? Mm. What are you doing?" Because even though you're young, uh, at the time I broke in, it must have been 20. I, I signed a four or five year deal yeah. at Reading on on really good money. I was getting linked with Liverpool uh, teams like this, so I thought I cracked it. Basically, I was playing for Wales consistently. Yeah. Um, and it's not until looking back now where I think, what, what was I doing? I think it, I didn't have that support structure. I lost my, I lost my father mm. through cancer at 20. I was having, um, you know, issues with, with my mum as well, uh, with her health. Um, so it was a tough time for me. Yeah. I felt like, you know, I didn't have that support, uh, that advice. I was just going through kind of playing every game, mm. training. 
doing what I had to do on the football pitch, getting home and, and you know, I, I didn't lack that support, I think. Mm. I mean, you just mentioned briefly about your dad um, and we spoke briefly before coming on air. Do you want to go into that a bit and let the people know what actually happened and, you know, them having to play? Yeah, so um, I lost my dad to cancer yeah. at, at 20 years old. It was quite a, quite a quick turnaround, I found out. He was always the driving force in me, being a professional footballer, mm. you know, go off work, take time off work to take me to training, travel all around the country as, as parents have to do uh, um, for, for your, you know, your, your child to become a professional footballer. You have yeah. to put the hours in. And, you know, he was brilliant. He was every step of the journey. And I can always remember the, I played against, I was playing against Newcastle um, on the Sunday on Sky. Mm. And um, I got a phone call the night before in the hotel room from my brother saying, basically, Dad's got a couple of days left. Um, I can remember just bawling my eyes out and thinking, you know what, I've got to play in front of 55, 60,000 people on Sky tomorrow. Mm. What am I going to do? 20 years old, I had no support, really. Um, I didn't feel like I could speak to the manager or tell anyone what was going on. I just went out there and played and... I, it was horrific. It was, one of, yeah, it was literally one of my worst ever oh, games. Dear. Didn't play many games in my uh, many good games in my career, but uh, that was a really, really a bad time. Mm. Um, you know what? My mindset and family is it, family. Su the support is is like no other. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you, your dad was regimental in getting you to be the professional footballer. So I can understand where your mind was, was at the time. And it's the same thing. You can have the talent. You know, you can have the ability, but if your mind's not there on the day, then you can have a, a bad game. <laughs> yeah, you can have a bad game. Mm. In football, uh, you're judged on your performance. Yeah. So if you have one bad game, you know yourself. It isn't until you get home and you start getting all the messages on social media, you get mm -hmm. reports in the newspaper, you get... Everything's very negative, especially in the sporting world. It's very rare to get positive comments. Yeah. So you have to be very, as a professional sports sportsman or woman, you have to be very strong-minded mm. and very kind of focused on on the end goal, and also know yourself. If you've had a bad game, you know you don't have to listen to anyone else's opinion. You don't need to be told. <laughs> no, but everyone will go out their yeah. way to tell you, and that's the thing. Um, I still get it to this day. People forget I retired six months mm. ago. I'm still getting absolutely battered on Twitter. Yeah, uh, and Facebook and social media, and you know what? If that's if they get their their kick out of that, then fair play. But for me, it, it wasn't until I was twenty one, twenty two, where I realised, you know what? You, you don't don't worry about these kind of mm. people, these comments that they, they have no relevance on your career or your life or anything like that. Um, on the other hand, I have seen players that have been affected and their careers have been kind of dwindled because yeah. of it. It, it, it's all like you said it's all about mindset yeah. and it's becoming a bigger subject in in football and, mm. and sport now okay if you're gonna have a bad game have it you know at newcastle in front of sixty thousand people <laughs> why not <laughs> i'll tell you what i've had worse games in front of a lot more people oh, okay, well. we won't go into the details <laughs> so far so obviously um you're going through your your professional career as a footballer and i think at the time you were also thinking about what you're going to do when you finished football, and didn't you sort of start investing in property? Yeah, luckily enough, again for my for my dad, he kind of gave me the advice to always say, um, stick it in property. Yeah. I, when I was twenty, um, I got a new contract. I thought, okay, I'm going to go and buy a big new penthouse in the mm. middle of town, live the life. 
as you do, yeah. um, as you think when you're that old. And he was kind of saying, no, we, we researched something. We've got a repossession um, four bed detached house in Reading, um, which, was, which I'm actually looking to sell right now. Okay. Um, so it's, it's over doubled in value. Uh, built up a property portfolio for, for nine years, mm. which is lucky for me now, where I always thought I'd play until 35. Yeah. I think you never worry or think about anything else. But um, luckily enough for me now, I've got that to fall back on the property portfolio. And not enough players and sports men or women have an idea what they're going to do when their career finishes yeah. or have anything financially secure for them to make that decision. Mm. And that's kind of what, what I'm looking to bring into the to the industry now. So that's your message now for any sort of sports people out there to make sure they've got something to fall on. Yep. And that's the message you're getting out there, which is really, really good. Definitely. So talking about, obviously, you come to the end of your career. We spoke last year, I believe, for the first time when you were looking at going to USA because you'd had an injury. Yep. And you were looking to maybe go into play football in the USA. What happened there? Yeah, so like you said, I, I've been you know, looking at Rob's stuff and, and mm. the progressive community, kind of in the background, uh, researching when I can, um, trying to leverage, you know, my my portfolio. I want yeah. to learn and grow as well. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to get more involved and, and learn a lot more. And it came off after the Euros. I, I got a lot of kind of um, interest from abroad yeah. to play football abroad. So I was going to go to Russia, fell through. I was going to go to Australia, fell through. Uh, America fell through. Um, so we're always ready. I've got a young family as well. Yeah. So that was important for us to be secure and, and make sure it's the right move. And we ended up going to Holland in the end. All right. Um, unfortunately, four games into going to Holland, I, I got my injury and mm. I was out for a, over a year. Mm. Um, so it was hard to come back after that. And when did you realise that you're going to have to retire and give up what you've loved doing for a very long time? Um, it wasn't until May this year. Yeah. Uh, I, I finally got a club. Uh, I went to Scunthorpe in League One in October. Yeah. After a year of not playing, I had to tr uh, had to basically prove that I was fit to a lot of clubs. I'd then go and have a medical because you have to have a medical before you can sign anywhere. So mm. basically check everyone's all right. I failed a few of those because they <laughs> didn't like the hip, yeah. um, which is my issue, which I had to retire. Um, so it's, it was tough. Eventually I signed for Scunthorpe, played a couple of games, kept getting injured. Mm. Um, went to Plymouth in, in January after failing a couple more medicals. Um, same thing happened. I got to the stage where I was in a lot of pain and my, ba my body wasn't able to do what I wanted it to do yeah. at a level that I knew I could do it at. And that was the most frustrating thing. I think for me, I had to say that, you know, there's something seriously wrong here. Mm. I need to go in go and get kind of confirmation so we went and saw the surgeon and so a surgeon basically said you need a hip replacement in your 30s if you carry mm. on um so i'd advise you to knock it on the head and uh again it wasn't something i planned for i thought you know this is a small term yeah. um situation i get over it um and it was just the realization that you know what your, your body just can't do it anymore even though i'm only 29 yeah um experience what i've experienced it was always a drive to get back up to that kind of euphoria. There's no better mm. feeling for me personally than playing in front of 80,000 people in front of, I don't know how many people were watching yeah. the Euros. It was millions and millions and millions. And I mean, that was a kind of pinnacle. And once you kind of feel that, there's no feeling like that. 
and that's what that's what I'm going to miss the most, definitely. Yeah, I can understand. So, you know, what was it like being told that you couldn't play? Again, how did you feel when that when you you know when you realised yourself that you could not play anymore? Uh, it was kind of leading up to that point. I yeah. didn't want to believe it, so that was that gave me enough time to get my head around it. If that was the case, it's it's not great mm. because this is all I've known from the age of probably six. I want to be a footballer. I'm now a footballer. I've got a personality and and kind of a trait that I'm not happy settling yeah. at what I've achieved. I want to push on. And I always knew I was, you know, I always felt like I was good enough to be at that level, top level. Um, so for someone to turn around and say, listen, you, you can't do that anymore. Mm. It's a shock. It's a shock to my system because I think financially I've, I'm at a good level. Where, where, can, I, where can I supplement mm. that? Uh, my family. Um, I've got two young kids. And, you know, what am I going to do? I haven't got any qualifications. I haven't got any other interests apart from property. Um, So all kinds of worries and and things like that. So, um, yeah, it was was quite a quick turnaround. Um, So luckily enough, yeah, we've hit the ground running, really. Yeah. Let's talk about the property side, because obviously it's something you've been running in the background for some time, and all of a sudden you get injured. So, you know, your sudden realisation is... Well, I've already got something, so maybe I can focus on that more. Is that how you felt? You took away the focus and the drive you had on football and then turned it towards the property? Yeah, I think outside of football, the only thing that excites me and I get a buzz off is, is property. Mm. Um, you know what, you've got to follow your passion. I, I, I'm not really one for you know chasing things that I don't like or, yeah. or being interested in anything I'm not looking to do for a long time. So, yeah, property was always the kind of idea, even from, from the age now to when I thought I would have retired, I would have built it up, got more involved, educated yeah. myself a lot more. Uh, and I seem, uh, seem like the last two, three years, I've done a lot of kind of self-development, education, this kind of stuff. In the, and also seeing from the other side players that come out of the game with nothing, mm. players that come out of the game... Um, not knowing what to do, no financial stability, and I just thought, you know what, there's a there's a chance here that, that I can I could provide a service to help these people going forward. Yeah, and obviously that is what you want to do. You want to be, you know, educate fellow professionals. Obviously that you know when they get to the end, they've got something, which I can fully understand. So um, so how is your portfolio now? I mean, you built up a, a small portfolio while you were playing. So what are you doing now in property? Yeah, so now obviously looking to uh, explode on that really um, after after finding out all the different kind of you know I've, I'm quite um, you know the standard buy to lets mm. refer refinance get out you know I've come today to learn about service accommodation um, what we're actually doing as a business is you know sourcing. Uh, properties for players, you know, hold their hands through the whole process, mortgages, finance, mm. building, everything. Um, so it's, it's just, a, I'm on a bit of a learning uh, curve at the moment. So I'm picking it up as I go along, but I've got two, you know, great partners that, that are very ex- experienced in the yeah. industry, which, which helps. And, you know, they do a lot of developments and something I'm really passionate about developments. And hopefully we can get to a stage where we can, we can give back as well. So obviously you, you're coming on to Progressive. So can I ask where you first heard about Rob, Rob Moore and Mark Homer? Um, just on, the, on literally on the internet. I was, okay. I was sat at home. I was thinking, you know what? Buy to let's are pretty boring. Um, 
so I wanted to educate myself and I thought, what's the best way? Go on YouTube. Yeah. And Rob does a lot of things. I've gone on to read his books and, you know, listen. I'm an avid podcast listener. I love listening to his podcast because mm. he's, he, he's not afraid to talk. You know, agree <laughs> with that one. <laughs> so, which is great, which I love, yeah. and I think it resonates with with especially sports players because we we have to do exactly what we what yeah. we're told, say what we're you know told to say. So it's it's great to come out of that, and you know, you never really know what else is out there because yeah. you're in a. I was in a bubble. Football, such a bubble. You kept away from everything. Like I said, you're only exposed to what what you're allowed to be exposed to. Um, so now coming out of that, I just found a whole new world, whole new range of opportunities and, and networking is the biggest yeah. thing I've come across. And you don't get taught that in a, in a industry. As I said, you, we're kept away. So from yeah. fans, many fans are business owners, many fans are property investors, many, you don't realize that because you're kept away from it. Yeah. Um, so now's a, a great chance for me to kind of explore these avenues, opportunities and meet as many kind of influential people as, a, as I can. Excellent, well you're in the right community, yeah. that's brilliant. So you briefly mentioned you've got children. Can I ask how old they are, male or female, boys, uh, boys and girls? Yeah, two girls, two girls, three and five. They are uh, keeping okay. us on our, on our toes. So obviously, what would you be saying to them now? You know, that if they come up and said, Daddy, I want to be a footballer, or Daddy, I want to be a property, property investor, which way would you point them? Um, yeah. I, <laughs> there you go, trick yeah, question for you. <laughs> I, I'm not one, I've always, I'd like to model myself like my dad. Yeah. He always kind of gave me the, the opportunity to go whichever direction I wanted to. And he'd back me up 110% mm. for that. So I, I want to be in that position to, you know, be there and give them a start in life yeah. without, you know, putting it on a plate. Um, that's my main aim mm. now is to give them a great kind of base for their, for their own future. Um, but yeah, if they wanted to play football, they want to play football, great. Yeah, I, I'd love to watch them play football, but with the politics and the industry and all that kind of stuff, mm. would I want them to do that professionally? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. I'd like to do the work, work for themselves, be their own boss. See, that's a difficult thing. You know, when, when you're all kids and they all want to play football, they don't realise what's behind the scenes. So. No, and I, I've been asked, would you, you know, what advice would you give mm. uh, young players looking to, be, looking to do this professionally? I'd say enjoy it. Mm. Enjoy it while it lasts, because once you're 18, 19, you, the enjoyment comes out of it. You might think playing in front of 50,000, 60,000 people is enjoyment. It, it, it is because in that 90 minutes you don't think about anything else apart from the game but yeah. everything that comes along with it isn't as enjoyable as, as everyone thinks so now you're enjoying your time as a property investor going out to build a massive portfolio yeah. I assume how you find it now do, doing it so like you're not structured anymore because like you say when you were a footballer you're structured about what you have to do you know how to eat when to sleep you know, are you finding sort of like doing it on your, I know you've got business partners, but how you find it now sort of motivating yourself and keeping yourself on track? Yeah, it's, it's routine. It's even yeah. at home, you know, I'd normally get up, do the same routine with the kids. I, I'd never drop them to school. Mm. I haven't been able to do that for years. So it's great to do that now. Um, it is hard because the gym, I'd always be working out every day, doing yeah. some kind of thing and my gut has gone completely. <laughs> I haven't. I, I didn't want to say yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wearing black. But, <laughs> but um, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's routine and it's, it's completely different. And a lot of players, once they kind of come out of the game, they find that difficult because yeah. I've been in this full-time professional football since 16. 
So doing the same things for, I don't know what it is, 48 weeks a year. Yeah. We get six weeks off where we can let ourselves go. But even in that six weeks, you're still training, you're mm. still doing your, your stuff. So it's a very, very dedicated thing and a routine and your mindset has to be spot on. Because as I said before, once your mindset slips a little bit, your performance slips, then you can easily slip down the, yeah. the slippery slope. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's great. And I, I feel like I've got a lot more freedom now. I can go and learn. I can go yeah. to meetings. I can go and see people. I can spend time with the kids when I want. I can eat what I want. I'm eating so much cake. <laughs> hey. Drinking a bit more. Oh, it's great. That long with cake. <laughs> Excellent. So, you know, it's good that you're focused on that, um, which, you know, which is great. So I'm looking forward to seeing your progress over the next few years. And hopefully we'll see you a lot more around the progressive circuit. Definitely. definitely. Excellent. Well, thank you, Simon. It's great, for you, great to see you today. Thank you. And thank you very much for joining us. So, yeah, then um, that was Simon Church talking about his career. Thank you.